Today on We Here, Jessica Simpson reveals she could have died from her addiction to drugs and alcohol in her new memoir. Pamela Anderson got married for the fifth time. And Kim Kardashian's BFF Jonathan Chebin, aka Food God, is caught up in a sketchy burger chain collapse. Coming up next on We Here. Oh my god. We're on page six? No. Oh. No. Yeah. Another divorce splashed across page six. Page 6 would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coglin. And I'm Ian Moore, and welcome to We Hear, a Page 6 podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. And what a story we have for you today. I've heard a lot of stories, Maggie, but this one, this is a mind-blowing story. Jessica Simpson has a new memoir coming out on February 4th, and she is spilling all the tea. I had said, after the Demi Moore book came out, and it, it was such a blockbuster. So good. And then, um, you know, there was the Elton John book, which had a lot of stuff. The, there's the Mariah Carey book. Mm-hmm. And the Jessica Simpson is continuing this new tradition of celebrity tell-alls. And in her book called Open Book, she reveals that she was addicted to pills and booze, that she was sexually molested as a child. She talks about her past relationships with Nick Lachey. John Mayer and her professional relationship with music boss Tommy Matola. It's a celebrity tell-all where a celebrity is telling us all and then some. <laughs> Heck yeah. So what does she say in this book, Maggie? Okay, so she talks about the depths of her addiction. People ran an excerpt this week from the book in which she takes it back to Halloween 2017. She says she's on her way to a Halloween assembly with her husband, football player Eric Johnson, What's a hol- oh a Halloween school assembly of her kids? She's the mother of three children. Yes, at the time she was a mother of two. Seven thirty in the morning, and she talks about how she's already had a drink that day because she has the shakes. Jeez. Yeah. She talks about drinking from a bedazzled tumbler, which oh, she. Oh god, that's that's you. That's when you know it's bad. She has a glitter cup. That's what I called the shiny tumblers filled with vodka and flavored Perrier. The flavor was mostly strawberry, but I didn't even care what it tasted like. I just needed a drink every morning because I had the shakes. Who knew? Jeez. And she also talks about that her her addiction sort of, I guess the roots of her addiction were in taking diet pills, right? Which she said she took for 20 years. Yeah, she says that when she met with Tommy Matola at a very young age, he told her she had to lose 15 pounds. Meanwhile, she was five foot three and weighed 118 pounds, which is tiny. And she's uh, 118 pounds and she had to lose 15 pounds? Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. And she says that by the time she got to the release of her second album's first single, Irresistible, she was down to 103 pounds. Everyone went on about how great I looked, but I couldn't enjoy it because I was so freaking hungry. Now, Tommy Mottola has not responded. We've reached out for comment, and uh, he hasn't so far addressed this. From what we've read in this excerpt, there are a lot of serious accusations made in this book. She also talks about dating John Mayer in secret for months. She was in love. Again and again, I quote, he told me he was obsessed with me sexually and emotionally. But she was insecure because she felt like she wasn't smart enough for John Mayer. Wow. Right? Yeah. You know? That's not, yeah. That's when you get out the glitter cup. (laughs) She says she was so afraid of disappointing him that she couldn't even text him without having someone else check her spelling and grammar. 
Isn't there a spell check on texts? They, so she had a second editor. She had a second a human editor. editor rather than just I mean, the built-in spell check. Yeah, but how sad is that, that you're with someone who's supposed to just love you for you? So she talks a little about the back and forth with John Mayer. You know, she dated Tony Romo for more than a year and a half. But after they broke up, she went back to John Mayer. And after he called her sexual napalm in that unforgettable 2010 interview in Playboy, she said that was what made it really easy for her to walk away. That's the straw that broke the camel's back. He thought that was what I wanted to be called. I was floored and embarrassed that my grandmother was actually going to read that. Right. He had said in Playboy in... um, 2010. 2010. Thanks, Maggie. (laughs) About their relationship. They dated nine months after she and Nick Lachey broke up. And he had said, you probably remember, I know you have this quilted on a pillow, Maggie, in your home, that, yeah, that girl is like crack cocaine to me. Sexually, it was crazy. That's all I'll say. It was like napalm, sexual napalm. Did you ever say, I want to quit my life and just effing snort you? I think this is a good time to point out that I believe John Mayer is also sober now, and as is Jessica Simpson. That's a good point. But- she goes on. She meets Eric Johnson at a party. They fall in love instantly. I'm really like, what else can you say if this is the excerpt? This is so much juice. Well, she also reveals that she she was sexually abused as a child. Um, and she says that it was at the hands of a family friend who was another another girl. And basically that they'd go on these family trips to visit this other family and she would share a bed with this other girl and the other girl would she said in the book it started with like tickling her back and then it led to things that she was really uncomfortable with but that she always felt that she was in the wrong and felt that it was somehow her fault Mm -hmm. and she says that in terms of struggling with putting down the booze that that was actually the easy part the hard part was going into therapy and reconciling all this stuff that had happened in her past One thing that she hasn't revealed or we don't know yet is who wrote this book with her. I think her name as the author is the is the only one on the book. Um, Demi Moore kind of bucked the trend like the ghostwriter trend and, and revealed that she had the New Yorker writer Ariel Levy as her as her co writer on the book, a really accomplished writer. And the book actually got very good reviews and was pretty well regarded beyond having all these crazy, you know, Hollywood details. So I guess that's one thing with the Jessica Simpson book is it remains to be seen if it'll be as, you know, well regarded in literary circles. So all these struggles with her weight and the struggles with booze and pills culminated in kind of a scary situation, right, where her health was legitimately in danger. Yeah, her health was compromised. She writes that for her 35th birthday, which was in July 2015, she planned to undergo a partial tummy tuck, but the doctor wouldn't approve her for surgery because he said he was looking at her liver levels and she could die. She was really killing herself with these pills and drinking and she didn't know it at the time but her friends were planning an intervention you know i um i have to say my feelings about newlyweds her show with nick lachey were as strong i would say as my feelings are now for the vanderpump rules it was a great show it was an amazing show and i i was you know I realize, like, obviously her battle is um, 
very moving, but I'm going to talk now about my personal devastation uh, about when newlyweds ended and actually when she and Nick Lachey broke up. I was very upset about it. I was heartbroken. We all were. They were, I mean, they got married when she was 22. Imagine getting married at 22. I guess that's true. I mean, the other thing is, I guess the things like the chicken of the sea stuff and all the stuff that happened on the show, I mean, it seemed like it was sort of like they were part of the act together, but I guess maybe she felt like she was being made fun of. So I'm looking forward to reading about the newlyweds, the behind-the-scenes newlyweds years in this book. She also says in this excerpt that... They were together for almost seven years when she finally told Nick, I think I want a divorce. I later heard that he told the press he was blindsided. I don't know how. At that point, we were not even speaking to each other. Maybe he was just shocked that I stood up for myself. I could see (sighs) this actually happening to me. Like, it's like you and the other person aren't even talking. And then they're like, hey, we're breaking up. And you're like, what do you mean? It was so great. And they're like, we don't even speak anymore. I haven't seen you in a year. And you're like, what? Now, Nick Lachey on the show, not in an alcoholically abusive way, Mm -hmm. but he was constantly, remember, his diet consisted mostly of Bud Light. Remember, he was always, like, drinking Bud Light. and Just, like, eating meat. There were, like, no fruits, sweets, no carbs. But was she drinking heavily on the show? I mean, I don't. I, it's weird because I remember him with the Bud Light thing because he wanted to watch his his figure, but I don't remember her like boozing it up on the show. I mean, there may have been a couple of occasions where she was like I just, tipsy, but I guess she always seemed a little tipsy. I just remember her wearing like giant sweatshirts and being cold and being on their like leather couch. My like, perfect Nick, woman. I don't know how to do anything. Nick. Well, not that part, but the giant sweatshirts. You had me a giant sweatshirt. That's an 80s sort of sorority girl look. Totally. But it has to be your boyfriend's sweatshirt that you, like, won't give back. Right. And then you need, like, a super sipper. Anyway, I'm glad. I can't wait to read the book. I'm just glad that Jessica Simpson is okay. I love Jessica Simpson. I'm not going to lie. I'm happy that she is, like, healthier. We have definitely seen her over the years in periods where she, you know, I mean, that thing is also there was this sort of sport in, like, the tabloid magazine world of like look you know looking at her weight and stuff because obviously she had some pretty dramatic she fluctuated a lot fluctuations Mm -hmm. so i'm glad she's okay and also doesn't she have like a billion dollar fashion business and she started this whole like Mm -hmm. thing that everyone's trying to emulate now yeah i mean i'm so glad she has found her way through this maggie i can't wait to read this book but i'll tell you one thing i think lachey is shaking in his boots Sounds like the food god might be praying to the man above because there's some drama. That's true, Maggie. I like that one. Um, Yes, the artist formerly known as Jonathan Chebin, who on this show we've mentioned is has legally changed his name to food god and does these like foodie bloggy things of him eating kind of gold plated pizza drizzled and marshmallows. What makes someone an authority on eating? We all do it all the time. Well, I mean, we've talked about this before that basically this is not like eating like gourmet eating. In other mm-hmm. words, like to be an authority on on food, you might have had to train as a chef or know something. You know, in this case, it's this is just like the most over the top crazy food of all time. It's not like fennel mist. Mm-hmm. Ramps. 
Um, it's not fennel mist. He's a culinary stuntman. That's what we're going to call him. Oh, culinary mm-hmm. stuntman. Okay. So what's going on with him? A gastronomic daredevil. Daredevil. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm being told to wrap We're... this up with the puns and the things. <laughs> okay, so basically, John. Okay, so Jonathan Chebin, we're reporting, has become the victim. Now we had we had mentioned that he's a, he was in Paris with security at Men's Fashion Week because he was afraid of getting jacked like his buddy Kim in a Parisian jewelry heist. But actually, he needed to be more careful here because. He was the alleged victim of a catastrophic collapse of a supposedly sketchy burger chain, Page Six has learned. So we're told that Chebin's lawyers can't even locate the owners of this chain to sue them after food god Chebin became the face of an apparently booming nationwide brand called Burger I.M. last year. He posted gushing reviews of the place on Instagram, writing, holy burgers, I love this spot, who will share this with me? He even brought Kim Kardashian to a Burger I Am Oh, I think they did that on the show where she they got like all this food and she kind of just like looks at it. Right. And she has no <laughs> formal link to the company, but he was sort of like promoting it with her there. Mm-hmm. But now his lawyers have fired off a legal letter cutting ties with the brand because there's a new report claiming that the company aggressively signed up inexperienced franchisees mm. with apparently no substantial plans to actually run the business once they'd forked over the franchise fees. And now many of the victims of this burger scam, Maggie, were teachers, cooks, accountants, and police officers, according to the report. So this place opened 200 locations in four years, although most of them are now closed. Chebin's attorneys say in a legal letter that, you know, they need to cease and desist using his image or making representations that he's involved with this brand or liable for any of its debt. I guess he didn't ask Chris Jenner for business advice before he went into this. I feel like she wouldn't lead you astray and get you into a franchise. The Kardashians aren't really franchise people. That's they, a great they point. They tend to lend their name and likeness to products they believe in, but they don't open franchises. That's a great point. Now, have you been to Burger I Am? No. Or Burgerim? There's no. no space between the burger and I am. Burgerim? Burger I Am. See, I I think it's an I, I believe it's like another like plant based, you know, in the plant based oh. burger trend, like impossible burger. But I have a personal stake in this story, Maggie. Full disclosure. I've got a You don't have a personal stake in this story. You have a personal ground beef in this story. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So basically, I've never had Burger I Am, but there's one, and I hope it's not going to close. There is a Burger I Am that opened a few blocks from my house. Okay? like In it, Brooklyn? Yeah. We have these in Brooklyn? Yeah, in Brooklyn. And the thing about it is, for the past year... It's had a sign outside for like over a year. It had a sign that said coming soon, but for like over a year. So there's been like a joke, at least in my family, about like coming soon. Can't wait for Burger I Am (laughs) to open. And then there was a further joke about the place that it was Burger I Am, Burger Ian Moore. Oh, my God. Wait. So there was was a misunderstanding in certain circles Mm. that maybe I – this was my burger place that was opening. Certain circles amongst, like, I don't know. Uh, 
not really, but <laughs> in my family that it was like program. So anyway, so the place and like every time we'd pass by it, we're like coming soon. We're going to be there on opening day. Burger I am. This is going to be amazing. And it was like always this joke because it never opened. And now it, there seems to be signs <laughs> of something happening. And sources, local sources tell me that there were some like workers in there doing something and the source poked their head in and said, what's going on? And they said, yeah, we're getting like our inspection done. So like, I don't know, is it going to open? I hope so. I hope this is the one location that can make it. And I hope that these poor franchisers, franchisees and Z's, Mm. the Z's and the Z's can make it with this burger. I am thing. But now who knew that this local place is wrapped up in a burger scandal Mm. involving Jonathan Chebin. Why doesn't Jonathan Chebin just take the food God name and open his own restaurant instead of franchising? I am a hundred percent sure that that is definitely in the works. Right. I mean, that was probably the reason to, that was probably the reason to, to change his name legally. I mean, that that's brilliant. Does he still, doesn't he invest in some sushi spots too? I'm unaware of his sushi investments. It's interesting what he's chosen to invest in. Sushi. Sushi. I've invested quite a bit in sushi, but it's just been for my personal consumption. Anyway, Maggie, I hope this burger place makes it, but according to Chebin's attorney, the owner appears to have left the country. (laughs) So that's not a good sign. And our reporter, Ollie Coleman, who broke this story, reached out to Burger IM, but they have yet to comment. But you know what? For our next podcast, if this place is open, I'm bringing this stuff in. We're going to have it for lunch on me. Pamela Anderson has managed to surprise us yet again. Yeah, she's gotten married for the fifth time to sort of legendary Hollywood producer John Peters. It's also his fifth marriage. He's 74. She's 52. They had a uh, they had a secret wedding, Maggie. It's not so secret anymore. Now we've got a poem from Pamela talking about her love for him. We have a very lovely comment from him. I mean... Would you get married if you had been married four times prior? Yes. Just, really? A hundred percent. Wow. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is someone I mean, who married at that point, you're just twice. like, yeah, I mean, it's like no big deal. Yeah. You know? But isn't marriage supposed to be a big deal? <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgot about that part. <laughs> um, yeah, you'll remember that um, Pamela Anderson was previously married to Tommy Lee. One. Kid Rock. Two. And Rick Solomon. Three. But she was married to Rick Solomon twice. Four. And now John Peters. Five. So a source connected to the couple told us they belong together. They're a great Hollywood romance. What? They're 22 years apart. Is that what goes on? Well, that's the best part is she gave us. So she had previously been allegedly dating Julian Assange, although they weren't really dating. And she was kind of always coy about, you know, I mean, it's hard to date somebody who's holed up in an Ecuadorian embassy in London. Um, and then, But she was always very coy about their relationship, and she was a big supporter of Julian Assange. So this John Peters thing comes out of left field. Well, she was they also did dating date a about, soccer guy. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, she's dating the soccer dude, and she dated John Peters about 30 years ago. Mm. So what did Pamela Anderson have to say about this? John is the original bad boy of Hollywood. No one compares. I love him deeply like family. His life used to scare me so much for a girl like me. 
Now I've seen more of life and realize he's been there all along. Never failed me. I'm ready now and he's ready too. We understand and respect each other. We love each other without conditions. I'm a lucky woman. Proof God has a plan. That was the poem? That was a poem. Pamela Anderson in love hmm. for the fifth time what is me of... in high school, just like writing on the back of a binder, just feeling it, feeling it, is feeling that, it. that, I don't know if that's iambic pentameter or what, but free verse? I don't think that's iambic pentameter. No, there was no couple. Stream of consciousness? Exactly. And Peters has said that Pamela Anderson is more than just a beautiful girl. She's never seen her full potential as an artist. She has yet to shine in a real way. So he's got plans for her um, to come back in Hollywood. And he's had like a very wild story. If you're unfamiliar with John Peters, he he started his career as Barbara Streisand's hairdresser. Oh, yeah. And what then, an honor. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> right. So basically he produced the original Superman movies with Christopher Reeve. And then when the franchise was rebooted, under Zack Snyder, he ended up getting a deal to get sort of a major piece of those films. So he estimates that he made up to $85 million on the subsequent Superman films, even though he really didn't have anything to do with them. Then similarly, he was a producer on A Star is Born with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper because of his involvement with the original mm. or one of the A Star is Born remakes. You know what I think is With fun- Barbara Streisand. You know what I think is funny? So Brandon Lee, Pamela Anderson's 23-year-old son, gave a comment about this marriage. And it's like, these two dated way before you were born, and now they're together. And he said, I'm incredibly happy for my mom and John. They've known each other for over 35 years, and I wish them luck in this next chapter of their lives together. I will support the happy couple however I can, and I'm excited to get to know John's family even better. Do you think a 23-year-old wrote that? You mean you think somebody might have penned that for him? Yeah. What 23-year-old is like, I'm excited to support the happy couple. Oh, that's a good point. Hmm. But I'm sure he is I wonder what Tommy Lee thinks about all this. I think people just want to see Pamela Anderson happy, and I hope it works out for her with this dude. And that's it for this episode of We Here. We'd love to hear your questions and ideas for the show. Is there a celebrity you're dying for us to dish on? Email your hot takes to us at podcasts at nypost.com. To hear the latest We Hear episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. We'll be back next week with more Page Six exclusives. See you then.